What's going on, Blur Nation? Your boy, the can the Dreadlock Blurred, is back with another Dreadlock Blurred talk interview. I am joined today by Eric Locks. I'm, I'm saying that right, correct? Uh, Loesch. Loesch? Plus. Uh, okay, I, close enough. I was, there. I, I was almost there, almost there. Um, he is a, um, a writer, um, a video gamer, and um very much into the superhero genre i say genre because i know a lot of people don't like to say it so i like to go against the grain so i'm going to say the superhero genre whether it's tv movies comic books all that stuff so i want to thank you eric for coming on to the show today yeah thanks for having me on um uh i'm excited to talk about stuff talk about superhero stuff comic stuff all that all that good stuff yeah so I, th I think this is definitely going to be good because I, I enjoy talking about comics as well, as you've pretty much already gathered. So mm -hmm. I definitely think this should be a good show. Um, if you can, just tell people a little bit more about yourself who are listening in. Yeah, so um, I've been a writer for um, maybe like 10 years, going on 10 years. Um, I've mainly worked in like the marketing industry because I've been a copywriter since college. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. But uh, last few years I've been uh, delving into more creative stuff. Um, so like, you know, writing books, short stories, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, I recently uh, wrote a story. It's a superhero story, uh, which is why I thought it'd be fun to come on this to come on your show and just mm -hmm. talk about, you know, and, and superhero stories right now are really, really popular. Yeah. Um, all the Marvel movies and DC kind of trying to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just really, really popular right now. Um, and now with like movies and like TV shows kind of coming back, like, you know, we're like, we're seeing a lot of, superhero stories being told on television and now like movies and stuff. So I feel like now is a good time to talk about that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, you said you've written like a great deal of things. Like, um, do you have anything published? Yeah, so I actually published uh, a book in January of 2019. Um, nice. Yeah, the book is called uh, The Tower of Blue. And it's like a young adults coming of age story. Um, a lot of fantasy elements in there, sci-fi elements. Um, it's a lot like um, if you ever, it's a book and a movie. Uh, if you've ever seen uh, James and the Giant Peach. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot like that, you know, boy runs away from home and, you know, learns about himself and discovers himself and has like a rocky sort of family history. And it's all told through like, you know, very fantastical uh, lens. Um, but yeah, I published that in uh, in 2019. I've sold like, I believe, almost 200 copies. I, I self-published it. Nice. Um, cool. I'm sure. I'm sure you know just as well how hard it could be to like market your stuff, oh, right? As like as a extremely, podcaster. Extremely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like that's that's half the battle. Sometimes it's like, you know. As, as creatives, like doing the creative stuff can seem hard, but when it comes, but when you compare it to marketing yourself, it's like trip, like triple as hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's why I, you know, I appreciate like, like people like you that do podcasts and stuff and help, help people 
it's like a good collaborative space, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but, but anyways, I, I digress. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so I, I published that in 2019. Um, and then just last year I published a short, a short story, um, kind of like a novella, I guess is technically the term for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's more of like a dark comedy. Uh, the story is called Possum Stew. Um, and it's a post-apocalyptic post story about this uh, world-class chef who is kind of, um, you know, like trying to survive on really low quality ingredients. Yeah. Imagine, imagine like, uh, like Gordon Ramsay trying to survive in like The Walking Dead. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, so, so I published that a year ago. And then um, most recently, um, has not been published yet, but I do plan to publish it this year, is a three-part short story series um, about a uh, superhero uh, who is uh, well past his prime, um, but he's still kind of doing the superhero thing. And, um, you know, he's got this young sidekick who's really, really good at social media and really, really, he's, he's with the times, you know, he's very hip and in. And the story is about the, the superhero who is kind of aging out of his role, but really trying to hold on to his former glory. Um, and it's it's about like, you know, what people will do in order to hang on to uh, like that, that glory that, you know, people want to stay on top. They want to be number one. Um, and it's relevant in the sense that it deals with like the generational gap mm -hmm. um, between, you know, kids in their maybe late teens or twenties and then uh, adults who are in their like forties and fifties. Cause especially with like, technology technology being like the, the number one issue there's there's definitely like a gap yeah between the generations now i i find that part very interesting because um, i mean when we were corresponding before this you know you had told me what the story was about and and i and i look at you know all the i mean and, and it's like you said like the superhero genre has definitely gotten like very huge within the last couple of years again with the mcu and mm -hmm. things on like tv and cartoons and stuff and you know when you're telling me about the premise of your story you know i i, I thought about things like the boys or like even yeah. invincible that are on tv and mm -hmm. not even just that but like thinking about like certain stories that have come out in comic books where like for instance one of the things i thought about was kingdom come on um, the DC um, story where, you know, a new age of heroes pops up and like the older, the old guard essentially just kind of like either tries to hang on to like keep doing the superhero thing or they pull a Superman and they just like put themselves in exile. Mm. But when, when I saw your premise where it's like, there's a superhero who's like pretty much past his prime, but he's still trying to hang on to that superhero identity and he's, partnered up with a younger kid who is of this, of this, who he's of this generation. Like he's very tech savvy. He understands, you know, pop culture, you know, internet culture, how to right. be, how to be uh, trending and like, you know, relevant and stuff. Um, how did you come up 
with this entire premise. I mean, I, I don't imagine it being too hard because <laughs> we live in this generation. So it was pretty easy to find inspiration, but like what, what, ma what made you come up with this idea? Um, I think, um, I just, I just been kind of, you know, I'm, I consider myself as like a pretty observant person. Mm -hmm. uh, if there's like a large group of people talking, if, if I'm not engaged in the conversation, then I'm usually like kind of leaning back and just watching, um, you know, it's like watching people kind of go at it. Yeah. Um, and I come, my family, um, I come from a family of immigrants. My parents, uh, came here, mm -hmm. uh, they came here from, uh, from Russia and then from Israel. Okay. Uh, so I have, I have immigrant parents and I see how hard it is for them to, to kind of understand current gen, the current generation and, you know, the things that they believe or the things that they're able to do with, you know, with their, their phones or computer. Um, so I'm like witness to that generational gap. Yeah. Um, and I see that a lot also in, um, uh, I don't know how much, how much you follow, but I mean, you, you see this all the time in, in like, uh, in like politics, for example, you have like, you know, really old, old politicians who've been there for a really long time. And then you have younger ones who are coming in and there's, there's this like divide on how they, how they see the world or how they see, you know, they can see the same issue, but they, they go about it in different ways. You know, it's all about like their frame of mind, their mentality. Um, so I just been kind of like, just been seeing this all, all around us for the last few years. Um, and it really, really interested me. And I thought, like, what if you get, you know, one of these older, older, uh, older guys, you know, in a room with one of these younger guys, but they have to work together. Like they have they have a common goal, um, but they, it's like hard for them to see eye to eye on stuff. Um, so that idea, like, really interested me. Like, how like how would these people get along? Like, would they get along, or would one person try to take down the other person, or would they try to like you know, make them look bad to make themselves look good, you know? Um, so it's really a, like a story about like morality. Um, and I thought, I thought writing it in the, in the context of a superhero story was a really good way to make it kind of like refreshing. Mm -hmm. And it's more of like a, um, it's kind of like a like a twist on like the superhero model because there definitely is a model for like that story, especially with like the you know like uh, the MCU and stuff. Yeah. They definitely have like, a formula. So I just thought I thought it'd be like a clever twist on that formula, um, and it and it sort of plays on the like on the superhero tropes, but in a way that I believe is refreshing because you have these two different mindsets. You know this older superhero and this younger superhero. Mm -hmm. And, and you, you, you chose the right word, which is the superhero tropes, because I'd say within like maybe, yeah, within the last 10 years, a lot of the superhero tropes has been questioned a lot. You know, mm -hmm. you know, we, we can harken back to when Man of Steel was released in movie theaters and people that were so used to seeing Superman one way 
And then when they saw him in a completely different way in Man of Steel from Zack Snyder, and mm-hmm. people and people like uh, had a lot of people divided because I mean I'll be the first one to say I enjoy Man of Steel. I, I, I like it a lot. I did but too. I'm like, <laughs> there, there we go. All right, I, I enjoyed the angle that they took with it because it's like you know it's just, it's just these questions that we're asking ourselves. It's like what if someone like Superman existed in today's world, whereas yeah. like people are. are like both sides, like, you know, older generations and younger generations are so skeptical of just certain things and behaviors is like, would we take someone like Superman at face value or would we be questioning his every motive or mm-hmm. even to the point where we'll be, would we be trying to cancel Superman? Like <laughs> I can definitely see that being something that actually happens or even someone like, let's look at Tony Stark. I mean, mm-hmm. Tony Stark was written a certain way for the movies and granted disney owns the mcu so they're they're gonna you're gonna portray him in a certain light but even looking back at the comics you know with with tony stark you know you know you know a lot of things like i've seen a lot of people mention the fact that they didn't really touch on his bout with alcoholism because like in the comics it was like a long-going arc but mm-hmm. in the move in the movies, they only kind of touched on it for like maybe like 10 minutes in Iron Man 2. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. So so it's like, you know, I, I think it's okay to ask those type of questions, which is why like shows like Invincible or more so the boys, you know, kind of resonates with a lot of people because it's like, you know, especially particularly with the boys, you know, mm-hmm. you got a Justice League like group of superheroes that don't really do things super heroic <laughs> i mean at the at, i mean the, at the at the very least they're just super powered celebrities they do a few superheroics here and there but other than that they're focused yeah. on movie deals endorsements you know you, you exactly yeah they are like um it's like modern day athletes mm-hmm. but, but like with superpowers Yes. You know, of course, they would have contracts, they would have agents, they would have, they'd have to make like guest appearances. And yeah, it wouldn't be like, you know, back in the day where, you know, Superman, you know, the, the whole, the, the famous line, it's a bird, it's a plane. And no, it's right. super, it wouldn't really be like that. It would, there would be like, if, if a person was flying in the air, you'd have like, F-16 uh, jets flying around and choppers. It'd be like city lockdowns. It'd be like, it would be chaos, you know, it'd be crazy. Right. Um, yeah, and, and, and there would be this question of, you know, um, like, uh, you know, is, is like, should we allow this person to just do whatever they want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you try to control them? Like, what if they get, what if the wrong people tries to control them, you know? Um, yeah. so, so to add on to what you were saying before uh, about Man of Steel, I understand why some people um, didn't like it. I, I think it was like the gratuitous um, mm. violence, but it was just a lot of like destruction and stuff. Yeah. But that is kind of how it would go down if you have these two like ultra strong, super powered like beings. It would be a lot of collateral damage. Yes. You know, um, 
So I thought it was, you know, definitely like a darker take on it, but I darker, but I also think like more realistic. Right. It, I, I feel like it was definitely an eye opener because it's like, you yeah. know, we've we spent years, decades even growing up with like these certain images of superheroes. And then like, I mean, and it's one thing when you're looking at the comic books where a lot of crazy things can happen in the comics, but again, it's just a panel. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when you're talking about like the movies, like, like you know, get the original Superman movies with Christopher Reeve, not much got destroyed, you know, like, like his fights with like Zod and like the other evil Kryptonians, you know, mm-hmm. like not that much got destroyed. But if you really want to look at it for real, the outcome of what happened in Man of Steel is totally plausible, you know. <laughs> not even plausible but probable exactly <laughs> if, yes if someone like that showed up mm-hmm. um so I, I i think that's why shows like the boys are invincible um are kind of like gaining popularity right now because it is sort of like a more realistic take yeah. on on um you know like what if what if there were superheroes in today's age but then, you know, on the flip side, you do, there is still that audience that really enjoys the sort of more Christopher Reeve type of superhero with like the MCU. Not saying right. that they're, like, not saying that they're cheesy like, like that era, but they do have more like levity. There's like more jokes, there's more humor. Um, it's a little lighter. And like, like you said, uh, you know, in the comics, Tony Stark deals with alcoholism and like they barely touched on it in his entire arc, right. you know, which I thought he was all, like already a, like a pretty complex character. But like if you threw that in there as well, it probably would have like added even more to it, you know. But then I wonder if it would he would have been as popular, you know. Exactly. Yeah. So, and, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. And, and, and I can say as someone who didn't really care for Tony Stark before the Iron Man movie. Like it, it definitely has an interesting dynamic because it's like you know they they wrote they wrote him in a way where it's like everybody you know everybody really digs you know Tony Stark. I mean most people dig Tony Stark. There's still there's still there's still that fraction of people that like still don't like him, whether it's the movie version or the comic book version. Mm-hmm. But you know for the most part, the general consensus is that Tony Stark, or at least the movie version of Tony Stark, was was awesome. Yeah, but if we introduce that aspect, because you know, the alcoholism is a real thing. Now, granted, being like a arms manufacturer, like he was, you know, that's <laughs> that's one thing. But like that's like a, as I say, like that's above the pay grade. Alcoholism that kind of just hits home to a lot of people. So yeah, it, it'd be interesting if they like took that aspect of his of his um profile and they incorporate it into the movie like maybe for like a whole movie or something yeah. i know disney's not going to do that but it would have been yeah. interesting anyway <laughs> it is kind of funny that like being a being like a like an arms dealer like that's okay but alcoholism not okay <laughs> right exactly it is like it's kind of interesting when you think about it like being an arms dealer is is has like, far more implications than you know like being being an alcoholic yeah you know like so it's that's kind of interesting like what they were willing to like go with 
Yeah. Because um, even, even looking at like, you know, Ben Affleck's version of Batman and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody was up in arms on the fact that Batman is like, quote unquote, killing people. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm and I'm saying to myself like, oh, oh okay, I, I I get that, but not to be a purist or anything, but if you go to the comic books, there are instances where he kind of just he 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 either lets people die, or he he finds an indirect way mm-hmm. to kill people. Like it, it it's happened before. Like in the early days of Batman, he carried a gun. So mm-hmm. I mean, but. I mean, again, Michael Keaton was my favorite Batman, so I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, if I'm, if I'm going to be kind of honest. Yeah, didn't he, uh, wasn't there, didn't he, like, blow somebody up or, or something like that? I mean, he led the Joker fall to his death. He tore somebody with his Batmobile exhaust. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he, he's, he's killed people, too, so. But yeah. nobody's seen to mind that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's different when you see it in like a modern, like a modern movie, because mm-hmm. um, you know the way they film things now, it, you, they can make it look like way more realistic. So right. like, a, I feel like that hits home as well, mm. um, because I, mean, I don't know if this is like a, I don't know if this is the best comparison, but like, you know, people don't like that there was a ton of destruction in Man of Steel, but like, there's probably I don't know how many movies, maybe like a dozen or more movies of like Godzilla just completely destroying, just toppling buildings left and right. Right. But it's like, I guess we like expect like a giant monster thing to destroy cities as opposed to like two two people. You know what I mean? Like people that are, like the same the same height as us right. do you know what i mean i don't know if that's the best comparison but it's like there's plenty of movies where there's lots of like destruction but for some reason i guess when it's like a superhero or like you know some kind of character that people really like idolize or adore it kind of kind of like shifts gears i don't know i feel like there's something there <laughs> Maybe I, mean, I, I i i see where you're going because I mean, when I mean, when you look at like thing, um, when you look at the superheroes, it's like you know we, we hold these gu- we hold superheroes to like a higher standard essentially. You know, we 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 expect them to be able to save the day. Without so morally so much, better than us, right? Without so much collateral damage, but it's like that, that's like trying to hold soldiers that go to war to a higher standard too. But it's like, I mean. Is not going to work mm-hmm. out that way. That's not the way you're of. That's not the way you're of certain conflicts. You gotta, right. you know, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, I mean, that unfortunately that's why the term collateral damage exists because it's going to be times. Yeah, it's exactly. It's yeah. not always going to be wrapped up neatly. I mean, yeah. And uh, going back to your point about the the Ben Affleck Batman. I, I really enjoyed that take on Batman. Um, I, I like the idea of this, uh, like a Batman who's like, he's seen a lot. Can, can I curse on this podcast? Or yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of a Batman who's like seen a lot of shit. Um, and he's just kind of like, 
for me, like the way I interpreted it in, in the movie when he's kind of just like taking people out left and right, the way I interpreted that um, is that he's he's seen so much shit and he's just like, he's past the point of trying to do whatever he can to make sure no one dies. He's kind of just like, he's seen too much. He's, he's lost too many people. I think it's implied that like Robin was killed in that mm-hmm. universe. Right. So, you know, I like the idea of this guy who's just like, he's, he's tried his whole life to, to, you know, make sure no one dies and to, you know, be like the best version of himself he can. But he's just like, he's just like, he's over it. At the point. He's just going to do whatever it takes to, to get the thing that he needs, you know? So I, I, and, and again, that's also like a very modern take on like what is, what a superhero would do in today's age, especially a superhero that doesn't have any powers. Exactly. Like that, you know, um, so I, I, you know, I really liked that take on, on Batman. And, and I think it was like an indirect inspiration for like the character in my story, because, mm. you know, he also kind of just does whatever needs to be done, regardless of, of who gets hurt. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and it's interesting because when I when I heard people complain about, you know, Ben Affleck's Batman, you know, I, I pretty much said the same thing you said, like, look, this is obviously a person who's been at this for maybe more than two decades. You know, I mean, I, I go back and a lot of people like to harken back to like even like the um, Batman, the animated series, especially yeah. like when it first came out, like, you know, when so Batman, good. oh, it's the greatest. It, it, it is the greatest. Yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, people used to, people people still compare that version of Batman to all the other versions of Batman that we have right now. Because, you know, at least when when that Batman came onto the scene, you know, he always tried his best to try to help the um villains that he, um, that he you know, dealt with, like Clayface, Clock King, Two-Face. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only exception would probably be the Joker. But yeah, you know, all, all the other all the other characters who really try to help, but like, you know, because I, I, I read comic books these days. I, I still read them. Mm-hmm. And and I and I look at these um and I look at these um characters the way they're portrayed right now. And it's like you kind of gotta move move with the times. That's kind of how this works. Like, yeah. like how how would you operate in a world where social media is very prevalent you know you can be recorded you can be like stream people got literally have cameras in their pockets where they can snap pictures or they yeah. can take video of something happening yeah. you know how, how would you operate like that it's not like you know back in the golden the silver age of superheroes where like you know we just had to take their word for it yeah you know, like there's ways that like information or things can be found out so, do I mean, you think? Mm-hmm. Do you think that like superheroes would survive in our in our modern age? Like, do you think? I don't know. Do you think they would be canceled or they would be swept up by some big corporation? Like, what do you think would happen? Because, mm-hmm. because if someone if someone became a superhero like today, like if it was. I don't know if it was someone like older, someone in their like forties. Let's let's say for example, I feel like they would be less susceptible to being scooped up by like a big corporation. Whereas if you 
someone in like their 20s became like i'm just imagining somebody becoming a superhero and having like a huge instagram following or like a huge tiktok following like they would be scooped up by endorsements and like product deals like in in, in a in an instant yes. right they tempted by it so i don't know what do you think like what do you think would be the way it would it would go i i, I kind of look at it the way i look at wrestling entertainment right now because mm. wrestling entertainment is close to how i would imagine superheroes existing in today's world i mean mm-hmm. granted the guys who are in wrestling entertainment you know they're professionals they're, they, they play characters mm-hmm. in, a, in a technical sense people behind the quote-unquote cowls are playing characters to a degree i mean i mean yes i mean superman you know his he's really clark kent you know when he transformed yeah. to Superman, that's when he's like, can, he can kind of be himself. So, you know, Clark Kent is his, disgu- his disguise. Batman is almost the same thing. Like him, he's he's Batman 24-7, but Bruce Wayne is like the face he puts on for the public. You know, right. I look at people like, like let's, let's even go back to back in the day, like someone like Hulk Hogan, who was <laughs> like everybody's favorite wrestler. He was everybody's favorite guy. Mm-hmm. But as time went on and he got older, a lot of people, and, 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 it's, and it's interesting because, because you bring up an interesting point because there's so many factors that you gotta look at because, like, and, and I imagine this often, like if a superhero were to appear like out of nowhere, like we turn on the TV and then like tomorrow and like an unknown masked vigilante is, you know, climbing the walls or running through the streets, stopping yeah. crime. Most people are going to be like, what's wrong with him? What is he doing? What's his agenda? Yeah. That's yeah. literally, exactly. That's like, that's literally all the questions that are going to be like, you can see, you can see mm. articles on the internet talking about who is this mad vigilante and what does he really want? And granted, comic books have kind of done that over the years, but like, as there was always that one thing that like proved the superhero's worth to the public, but now it's like everybody's so skeptical. So it's almost like you would have to be endorsed somehow in order mm-hmm. to order in order to like appease the feelings of the public. Like responsibility. Exactly. Because yeah. like like again, even looking at the boys and then even looking at something as old as um mystery men. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that movie or that even comp or that comic book. I don't think so. No. What's that um, about? Mystery Man is an old. It, first of all, it's a very old comic book. I never read it, but they made a movie out of it, like the early 2000s. And okay. essentially, there's a world where it, it, it is almost like a pre. It's almost like a precursor to like Invincible and like a lot of the other superhero shows out here. They kind of that kind of adopted that formula where it's like people want to be superheroes, but like they're so there's like they're so lesser known that nobody takes them seriously. There's a there's a major superhero, his name is Captain Amazing, who's kind of who kind of falls into that Bruce Wayne type of um though so he's like a he's a billionaire who has the has the money to build this attack, build this tech to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. But if you look at his costume, 
he has a whole bunch of endorsements on endorsements are like Pepsi, like Marlboro, all, all these different companies endorse him. Like there's even there's even a part in the movie where he's doing a commercial for toothpaste, and it's oh. like superhero. And then, but then it's like you know, I mean, like I, you watch it as a kid, it's like ah, that's funny. But then you watch it as an adult, it's like that's probably how it would go. Like <laughs> you, you you would probably have to find find some type of sponsorship or endorsement so you're not seen as like a bad guy. Mm. Which is why someone something like The Boys is interesting because again. They're, they're quote unquote superheroes, but how much superhero stuff do they actually do? And when they do do superhero things, there's always someone like, can I get your photo? Can I get your autograph? Can we yeah. take pictures? Can you give me a shout out? Things like that. And it's like, yeah. as messed up as that is, that's probably how it would have to go down because yeah, e- e- even looking at something like Captain America, like um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. and, and, and what they did with... um um the quote-unquote new captain america um john walker um mm-hmm. he was pretty much he was a government sanctioned superhero you know now granted steve rogers was a government sanctioned superhero but he came he came through at a time where he had a he had a clear-cut vision of how america was supposed to be mm-hmm. john john walker on the other hand is exactly what the government wants him to be he can only and and that's and that's the other thing too when it comes to like jurisdiction, you know. There's a part in the episode where Sam Wilson tells John Walker, like, "Listen, you're you essentially work for the American government. There's places that you can't go without, you know, authorization. We can do that because we don't work for the government. We're not we're not sponsored. We're acting on our own. Mm. And you look at things like that, and it's like that's." I'm sorry, but that's kind of how it would have to go. <laughs> like, and, unless you're from like another planet, mm. you know. And and it, and it's funny because I remember years ago I'd always say to myself, "How come there's like, how come the government hasn't created like its own version of the Justice League or the Avengers?" Like, I'm pretty sure they have the resources and technology to create like some type of superhero group. But then yeah. I realized like that's 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 a lot that's a lot of money that you got to spend. So it's a lot of money and it's a lot of um it's like a ton of responsibility right exactly, you know? exactly yeah it's like um yeah how, how like you know how, how much power do you give this this individual mm-hmm. you know to the point where maybe you can't even like control them you know um which which is kind of like how homelander is from yeah. the boys mm-hmm. uh, they gave him all this power of Spoiler alert! Uh, they gave him all all this power, and uh, I mean, you can't control him. He will like vaporize you in a in a second. Exactly. You know? um, so, yeah, I don't like. Do you think there ever could be some kind of? I think I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Batman is the most um, like. Uh, I don't know how to word it. Like, cause he is like truly, I mean, he's a, a vigilante. That's mm-hmm. essentially he is. Um, like, do you think there ever could be like something like that? Because I, I think in, in the in the movies and, and maybe in the comics, you can you can let me know. Um, 
he is like, like people don't really like him, right? Like he's not really like revered as let's say like Superman would be um, because he's like the, you know, the caped crusader, like he's kind of like a weirdo, like to, 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 to other people, to like civilians, right? Or- I mean, what basically what's happened, especially with Batman, because ironically, Batman is one of my favorite characters. He, like he's one of my favorite superheroes, but what they've done with what they've done with Batman over the course of the past couple of years or so is like they've they've kind of turned him. I mean, I, and, I, and I guess I can't say they turned him into an asshole. I guess he was always kind of was, but the way he was written, you would we would never know it until like recently where not even just comic books, but like certain movies, TV shows, they kind of paint him in this light where he's just like, he's a fanatic. Like, yeah. you know, I'm pretty sure you've heard people made jokes about him, whereas like, you know, and, and like I said before, like, you know, Batman is who he is. Batman is who he really is. Bruce Wayne is just the person he plays for the public. You know, mm. like people like to say there's like there's three different versions of Batman. There's Batman, there's Bruce Wayne, the billionaire playboy, and then there's Bruce Wayne, the businessman. And and, and it's like that. But uh-huh. what what's what they've done with him is they turn him into a guy that's very, very focused on his crime fighting mission. That's like that's that's all he is. Like so like and I'll even give give them credit. Like there's been some stories where like he like takes it too far. Mm-hmm. Where it's like he'll like shut everybody out. Like he'll denounce like his quote unquote bat family. Like even if even if you look at the history of the Robins that he's had, like Dick Grayson, you know, it's always been written somewhere that him and Bruce had a falling out because mm-hmm. uh because of Bruce's ways, and then he went off to become Nightwing. Jason Todd, we all know, gets killed by the Joker and he comes back to life as the Red Hood. Yeah. Um, Tim Drake is probably one of the most considered like one of the best Robins. He just went off on his own and just decided to do his own thing. And then there's, of course, Batman's actual son, Damian Wayne, who was the newest Robin, who was was probably more of an asshole than Bruce Wayne is. (laughs) But, you know... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but but the general consensus, especially for those who's ever been partnered with Batman, was like they were okay with working with Batman, but they never wanted to be Batman. Like mm-hmm. they, they 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 saw what being Batman did to him, and it's mm-hmm. like and 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 even a lot of people would like to argue like, and I can't say that I disagree, but it's like honestly speaking, Batman is probably the cause of most of the bad things that happens in Gotham. Because if the Batman never showed up, a lot of these other quote-unquote supervillains would have never showed up either. Maybe yeah. save for the Joker, because the Joker is just crazy. But a lot <laughs> well, of the he other probably, cat- mm-hmm. He wouldn't have risen to, those, to the ranks if it wasn't for... At least from the movie, maybe the comic is different, but didn't he come out of like the shadows because of batman right because he was like uh like he wanted to like cause chaos for him yes so yeah yeah, so yeah essentially um the joker really 
the Joker really only exists because Batman exists. Right. Like, any other time where the Batman was like gone or like either dead, gone, or disappeared, the Joker kind of just disappears too. I mean, there's certain side stories where like he just continues to do what he does, but for the most part, without Batman, the Joker kind of really has nothing else to do. He has really nothing else to live for. Like that's he he lives to mess with Batman. That's what he does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do, what do you think of um? What do you think of uh? I I assume you watched uh the Zack Snyder Justice League. Yes, I did. All four hours. All four hours. Yeah, I need like yeah. a T-shirt. I I survived the the Snyder cut. I'm actually <laughs> gonna go find one. I'm I'm pretty sure I can find one. I'm, I'm gonna I'm find pretty one. Sure, yeah. <laughs> There's gotta be one out there. Um, yeah. what did you think of the way that? at the very end of the movie that the the direction that I don't know if they're going to continue with it. You know, it's kind of up in the air right now, but the direction that they seem to be taking the Joker and Batman, what, what, what's your, how do you feel? Cause I feel like you, you, you've, you know, I, I've seen a lot of the cartoon shows like mm-hmm. you know, growing up as a kid. Um, but I, I haven't delved too much into, into the comics. So I'm curious what you're, what you think about, the direction that they seem to be taking it. Now, like it, like it. Now, granted, there are very few instances where Batman and the Joker have either teamed up, and I use that term mildly, or mm-hmm. or have either like kind of saved each other's neck. I mean, granted, Batman's he doesn't like try to kill any of his villains. He always just tries to get them locked up. But like, there are instances where the Joker has like either spared Batman's life or just kind of saved him from somebody else that because he didn't want the glory of Batman being killed by somebody else. But mm-hmm. at least with the way the movie is going, and and I'm going to be honest, because like I know the Snyder Cut garnered like a lot of criticism and a lot of controversy on both sides of the aisle. There was a lot of people that were ready for it and a lot of people that thought it existed. And there was people that were, the, there was the naysayers that said like, nope, this doesn't exist. Obviously it exists because it came out. But yeah, um, it just just that whole ending scene where you know Batman is teamed up with Deathstroke, you know Mira, Cyborg, um, the Flash, and the Joker. I didn't think that was too far fetched. Um, you know, the Joker is Batman's longstanding nemesis. You know, all the other villains like Penguin, Two Face, Mister Freeze, they're just I guess simple annoyances that Batman has to deal with, but the Joker, the Joker is his that that's his main that's that that's his opposite side of the coin. So right. um I like I said, I like you said, I we don't know if they're gonna continue with the the whole thing seems to be that like Warner Brothers is like done, which is dumb on Warner Brothers part, but that's a story for another time. Um <laughs> yeah. But it, it's interesting because, you know, the dynamic that those two have, like the, the 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 battles between the Joker and the Batman are as like they're like as they're almost as worldwide known as I don't know, the Ghostbusters, maybe like Apple Pie or something like that. Like exactly. exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's literally like that. Like you you can't you can't mention one 
without the other. Like no matter how hard you try and no matter how many instances of other things you can bring up, it's always going to come back to Batman and the Joker. It, it is what it is. Yeah. So, you know. It, it, just, it, mm-hmm. it just speaks to how perfect, like, you know, Batman is all about like order and justice and whatever. Mm-hmm. Joker's all about like chaos and and just craziness. Like they yeah. really are like the antithesis of each other. Yes. You know, so it's 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 like a it's really it's like a tale as old as time. Yeah, really. You know, it speaks to like the morality like within within people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's like you know you have like the little angel on one side and the little devil on one side kind of thing, like on on, on opposite shoulders. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it really speaks to that, uh, which I think is why it's so like popular then why it's like, or, or rather why it's withstood the test of time. You know, I, I, I like, I don't know, 50 years from now, like people will still be talking about <laughs> Batman and the Joker, you know, and, and things okay. will come and go. Yeah, like at this point right now, DC and even Warner Brothers knows that like, no matter what happens, no matter what time frame it is, no matter what year, decade, century, Batman is going to sell. It is. Yeah. Like, Batman is going to sell. Like, you know, we've had how many Batman movies? You know. A lot. Exactly. We've had a lot of Batman movies. we had a lot of Batman cartoons. Like, Batman mm-hmm. is that one character that's always going to make them money. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Superman what do you, being a close second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of um, the Robert Pattinson, right? That's his name? The yeah. Robert Pattinson Batman movie that's coming out soon? I'm highly intrigued. Um, I wasn't one of those guys that was like, oh, that's a dude from Twilight. He can't do it. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? If he can pull it off, go right ahead, dude. Knock yeah. it out. Knock it out, man, because at this point, who hasn't played Batman? I mean, really, who, who hasn't played Batman? I know. You know, so, I mean. Um, so you think it'll like, be good? I, I think it'll be good. Like, um, you know, I'm a fan of the Dark Knight trilogy. You know, I, I enjoyed the movie. I own the, I own the box set at home. I, nice. thought Christian, I thought Christian Bale was a very good Bruce Wayne. I know his Batman needs... Leaves a, leaves a little bit to the imagination. I, I think his portrayal of Batman in Batman Begins was the best he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, the Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, if we're going to be honest, we only really watch those movies to see the villains. We watched The Dark Knight to see the Joker. Yeah. We watched The Dark Knight Rises to see Bane. That's really why we watch those movies. But sure. Batman Begins, I think, as a Batman story, is one of the best ones. I, yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, I really like the, there's like an emotional weight yes. to, to that to that story. Um, it was like really, really, like it's just really interesting. Just watching, you know, watching him kind of grow into 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 the Batman character, and not for nothing, he was kind of like he was portrayed as like really scary in that. In that yeah. Movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, which is probably how he would look to a lot of people. They'd be like, "Holy." crap like who the hell is this like who's this yeah. scary dude in a, in a dress like a bat you know like so I, I i like that they kind of played with that um him being kind of like 
there's there's one scene um, where he's stopping. Um, oh God, it's uh, who's the mobster Fal- Falcone, right? Yeah, Falcone, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's at the docks, and he's kind of like stopping their shipment or something like that. And the way that he's like taking out these bad guys like one by one, it's like kind of almost it's almost shot like a like a horror movie. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, I really like that. And and to your point, they kind of moved away from that in the second and third movie. And and like yeah. you said, focused more on the villains. Mm-hmm. But I I really like that that um you know what they added to that to that first movie. I don't know if I've seen it in any other movies or. Maybe in, in like the animated series, there was a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would even go on to say that like Batman v Superman kind of touched it a little bit too with the way the Batman is portrayed. Like, like, yeah. like, he, like he's some kind of like demon or something like that. Like, especially yeah. like, the, like the first scene we've seen him where, you know, the cops go into the side of that abandoned building and they rescue those girls, but the girls are afraid to come out. And then yeah. the cop goes upstairs and he turns to the corner and he sees Batman just hanging on the corner of a wall. I'm like, yeah. what? And then he, then, then he scurries up and crawls up the ceiling. I'm like, okay, that's a little scary. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, he's like the possessed demon or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of that for sure. I think, I, I guess I just like the way that the Christopher Nolan movie, it was a little more subtle. Like, I, I thought it was done a, a little more in the Zack Snyder movie, uh, movie, I thought it was a little more like heavy handed. Yeah. A uh, little, little more like on the nose. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. And I'll, I'll even, I even go as far as to say as like, I know a lot of people have their opinions on the Dark Knight trilogy, but like, I appreciate it for the fact that like, it would, I mean, it kind of to a degree shows how someone like Batman would exist in reality. You know, it's like, you know, the Joker's not some guy that fell into a tank of acid. He's just some dude that has a scar on his face. And he puts makeup on. Yeah. You know, Bane wasn't some d- guy that takes like a steroid. He's just a dude that doesn't feel pain. Yeah. So, like, yeah. And like the way they portray Batman, Batman's, you know, a vigilante who the main cops are trying to catch, but he has a relationship with Gordon and they just work together. You know? Yeah. He's got a lot of like technology and he talks with the, he talks with like the, the police. He kind of knows where mm-hmm. things and what's happening around the city and stuff like that um yeah it's definitely a more like realistic take yeah without having to get as dark as like current shows are like you know yeah. like the boys are invincible or something mm-hmm. um yeah yeah it's all, all that stuff like you know like a lot of superhero t- tales they're they really are like ripe for um, like injecting a lot of modern day problems or modern day, you know, arguments or whatever it is, like into the stories. Um, like Marvel kind of does it like a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but I'm trying to think of like an example of like a, a Marvel movie that deals with like stuff from, you know, like, um, like social issues or something like that, or I don't know. Are are, are there any? I mean, um, I, I I I think Captain Marvel tried, but I think that was still a little too heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I didn't see the Black Widow movie, but I did. I did hear that it deals with like it's like a it's like a play on like a sex trafficking kind of kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched it yet either, but that's kind of what they're alluding to. Like, I mean, not so much the sex trafficking part, which is you know they didn't put that blatant in your face, but like you know the fact that you know they take girls you know, they chain them to become assassins and then they send them out to the world to do assassination jobs, mm. you know, and, and it kind of touches on that. Um, I mean, there's certain certain parts of the MCU that kind of try to tackle that to a degree. Um, I would say, you know, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, like, definitely touched on the subject of race and, you know, mental health and stuff to mm. degree. Like like even the um what was it the last episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier where you know Sam Wilson he's giving his speech to um these government officials and he's basically lecturing them telling them like look you know because the main get bad guys I don't know if you saw the series but um the main bad guys are this group called the Flag yeah so they're basically this group called the Flag Smashers and Basically, they're trying to take the world back to how everything was when Thanos snapped his fingers. So, mm. so basically, they want to go back to the time where half the population was gone, and I guess people were just starting to flourish because there was less people. So there are a lot more research resources, but then you know everything got unsnapped, and then all those people came back, mm. and then um, you know. But anyway, there, there's, there's a scene in the last episode where you know, Sam is talking to, like, government officials, and he's telling them that, like, you know, you're calling these people terrorists, but they're not terrorists. These people are from here. They're from, they're from these areas. They were only doing what they felt they needed to do to protect themselves. Did they go about it the right way? No. And then there's a lot of that going around, and a lot of you guys are not doing anything about it. You're just labeling these people as, like, dangerous and terrorists when they're not. And then, you know, I think one of the guys asked, like, what do you know about, you know, what we have to do or something, something to that effect. And then, you know, Sam Wilson said, like, I'm a black man representing the Stars and Stripes here in America. I know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, so something <laughs> right. like that. So, 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 you know, things like that are interesting, you know, because you got to walk that line of not being too heavy handed, but not also being tone deaf, mm -hmm. you know, so. Um, do you I think. Mean, Mm -hmm. Sorry. Uh, do you think that's why, like, the Marvel movies are more popular than the DC movies? Because they don't, they kind of ride that line. Is it like maybe people don't want that in their superhero stories? Like, because the, the DC stuff is definitely more, like, heavy handed on that stuff. I, I feel like the MCU make sure they walk they walk that fine line of not being preachy mm -hmm. and by the same time not just glossing over certain things like um mm. like for instance like i guess i guess the best i guess the best character to would be to look at would be like captain america basically mm -hmm. captain america you know like the first movie we see him fighting with the nazis and stuff that's one thing but then you know we see him you know, and the Winter Soldier, and um, like even with the plot where, you know, Nick Fury is building a whole bunch of helicarriers, 
and they're trying to like surveillance the whole entire planet. And then mm-hmm. Cap and then Cap yeah. is telling him like this is wrong. You can't do this. You know, like and he he says that line. This isn't freedom. This is fear, because mm-hmm. you're you're making people being afraid to do certain things because they always got an eye watching them. Um, I, I would say that MCU definitely handles things a lot better than DC. DC, the DC EU, they they um, and I'm not not even just the DC EU, even the CW shows. I don't know how familiar you are with those, but even the CW shows, they have a very bad habit of going one way, then going the completely opposite direction. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, I still think Man of Steel is one of the best movies in the DCEU. I, I enjoy that. But Man of Steel, Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman movie, I thought mm-hmm. were great in the early part of the DCEU. Mm-hmm. Um, I even en- I enjoyed Shazam and even Aquaman, but I'll probably watch Shazam more than Aquaman. Yeah. Because, you know, but um, okay. mm-hmm. I was saying, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I liked, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. Shazam was really good. I actually really liked yeah. that movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like. I wasn't expecting to like Shazam, but I ended up really enjoying myself. I, I had no idea that I was, I was going to, but um, you know, everything else within the DCEU, I think they, they, they tried too hard to hammer things in a little bit too much because like even with batman v superman you know mm-hmm. like and while i appreciated the segment where they were discussing why the the need for for superman and why like the need for him to exist and for him to do what he does and then like to, to me i felt that that was probably the most realistic part about batman v superman was the discussion on an alien who is doing all these good things and we don't really know anything about him Mm -hmm. you know like you know previous iterations you know lois lane always got to scoop on superman and she was able to tell the world what this person was really like we didn't get that with um the dce no we just got got superman and he just started doing stuff yeah and as opposed to being more open he was kind he kind of sheltered himself. He kind of closed himself off. He didn't really like address the public about who he was. He was just going around saving the day. And mm-hmm. it brings up interesting questions because it's like, what and, and you gotta ask yourself, like, would you do that if you decided to become a superhero? Would you like just do your thing and like kind of close yourself off from the public and just keep doing your thing? Or would you like open yourself up so people got to know you so they could feel a little bit more safer? Now, unfortunately, later movies tried to like backtrack on that, especially with the um, Joss Whedon Justice League, where they try to backtrack and make it seem like Superman was kind of like a pretty open guy, like people could just talk to him. When they didn't really establish establish that in Man of Steel or Batman v Superman, even though you know the rescue scenes that they showed him him doing, like people were like calling out for him, but it's like. People don't really know who Superman is. They just know there's a dude who can fly, who has super strength, yeah. and he can save people. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. Like, yeah. I would, I would, I would almost even enjoy a whole movie just with people discussing: Do we need a Superman? Do we not need a Superman? And then, like him, kind of saying 
who he is and what his goals are and this and that. Like, I almost wouldn't, I think, you know, I would enjoy a whole movie about that, you know? And then, it, and then at the end of the movie, he could like punch some things. For, like, yeah. some you know? <laughs> I, I think people would have taken to Man of Steel or even just the Superman for the DCEU more if they wrote him in a way where people where the public kind of got to know him. I think, and I, I think, I think if they just added that, I think that would have, you know, quelled a lot of fires that people might have, a lot of people's outrage they had over the Superman that we have for the DCEU. Because like, you look at a show like Superman and Lois, which is one of the only good CW shows on TV right now. Like everything else just, everything just, everything else just went to shit. But um, <laughs> it really did. Yeah. But um, you know, you look at Superman and Lois, and and it's and it's like a throwback to that classic Superman, where mm. he's the one where you know you can say hi to him, he'll wave and like he'll say hi and stuff, and then he'll take off into the sky. But yeah. he's also dealing with like real life stuff. Like, not saying that Henry Cavill Superman was just is like this dark and broody character, but I can see why people were kind of calling him like Batman and it kind of felt like he was almost acting like Batman because like to a degree he kind of was yeah very Batman exactly yeah you know so um I mean it's 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 interesting dynamics we're we're heading into as we keep going with all the superhero related stuff and they're just going to keep coming (laughs) that's the thing you can't can't stop the thing Exactly, you know, so. Um, yeah. That's where I'm, I'm kind of hoping, mm-hmm. you know, I'm hoping my hoping my story can make, like, can kind of, uh, like, fit its way in, like, find, like, a little nook to kind of, you know, like, a little a little tiny spot on that train, I'm, I'm hoping, um, and kind of. I, I, I do think your story I think would definitely pique a lot of people's interest because I don't think we've had a story told like that just yet. Mm-hmm. You know, certain things kind of like try to bring them in. Like even, you know, the last season of The Boys where they had Stormfront, who was yeah. very social media savvy. is a, mm-hmm. But at the same time, she was a very old superhero. She's existed for like years, like decades. But yeah. it was like to see someone like that and then like, you know, to see how she interacts with Homelander and she just like kind of teases him because he's like the whole, he's the old, he's technically the old school superhero archetype. Yeah. But, you know, Stormfront, yeah. Yeah, he like, uh, yeah, he doesn't really get like how you're supposed to act mm-hmm. like in social media or like for the current generation, you know, he's kind of just, He's he's definitely more old school. Yeah. Um, and I, I probably I probably you know un, like subconsciously drew inspiration from that as well, um, because it to me it's it's really interesting to see how, um, you know like like Stormfront how she like manipulated. Yes. <laughs> she used social media to like manipulate people, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it, it, but like people like loved her right I'm, I'm trying to remember they loved her right yeah like she was um and like that that was like pretty much the whole the whole ordeal and like the first half of the second season was like stormfront comes in 
Like everybody seems to love her. Everybody knows who she is. She's very outspoken. She's very in your face. She doesn't take a lot of crap. And like people love her for that. But then it's like, mm-hmm. you know, and then Stormfront, I mean, then Homeland is just over here. He's like, he's trying to be, you know, the, you know, the golden age Superman type of character. And it's right. like people aren't like people aren't falling for that. Like they're not, they're not buying into that. And yeah, yeah. Which leads me toward the question. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I didn't have much to add. <laughs> go well, ahead. I mean, because I was just going to ask you, like, what superheroes do you think would, I guess, I guess the way I want to ask is like, which superheroes do you think would be able to operate in today's world? And which superheroes do you think wouldn't be able to operate in today's world? Um, hmm. I think, I think a hero like Tony Stark could probably exist uh, a lot easier than someone like a, like a Batman. I because, agree that. Yeah, because I think Tony Stark has the advantage of people knowing who he is. Um, he's already this established person. You know, he was... I think in the movie, like in the movie, he was, um, you know, he was like on Time Magazine and like his father, his father was like a well-known arms dealer. He was like the son, like, you know, like the prodigy kind of, kind of guy. Um, so he was already really well-known. He just also happened to be, or to turn into like a superhero on the side. Yeah. Um, and I think that made people a lot more comfortable with, with, with the fact, like I, I'm thinking of like, if like Elon Musk, just started like fighting crime and stuff <laughs> like right like people would take to that a lot easier than this uh masked guy who is you know jumping from rooftops and beating people up in an alley and and kind of taking justice in his own hands people would i think you said this earlier they'd say like oh this person has uh, mental issues they uh you know it's a crazy person running in the streets of new york you know um so I, I think like a Tony Stark would definitely fare a lot better. He'd definitely have a much easier go of it. Um, just because they have that like established persona already. It's like, oh, we know who this is. They just happen to be like shooting lasers out of their hand, you know? Um, but then when it comes to a character like Superman, who is like an alien essentially, I think it would be, I think it'd be more divided. Um, I think you'd have people on one hand who, who would be like, oh, he's this divine presence that came to our world. And he's like, uh, you know, they would kind of worship him like a deity or a God. And then you'd have other people who are like terrified of him and think he's like, he's sent down here to destroy us all. And we have to stop him kind of like how Batman was in, in, the, in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, a Superman type would definitely be more divided. Um, but then like a Tony would be accepted and then a Batman would be like feared and, and mocked or something. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do you, what do you think? I think, I think for the most part, and I'm, and I was thinking about as you were answering the question, I'm like, I think for the most part, and it's probably because of the way they were written in the MCU, a lot of the MCU characters would, I think be able to exist. Yeah. 
to a degree, like, you know, you, I mean, ten, Tony Stark, I think, would definitely be able to exist. Like, there'd probably be those people that loved him and people that hate him, but that's kind of what any one right Stop. now. Exactly. You know, so um, someone like Captain America, you know, who is yeah. a soldier and stuff, like, you know, and, and this is one thing I'll give credit to the MCU for. It's like they're trying to tie in at least aspects of real world issues into what's happening in their movies. Even though the movies have like a bigger overarching plot, but it's like, you know, think of, like you said, what if Elon Musk decided to build himself a suit and start, you know, decided <laughs> to become a superhero? Yeah. It's like, you know, the people who have their opinions on Elon Musk now are just going to have those opinions tenfold people are going to really love him or they're just going to really hate him yeah I've, I've seen i've seen a lot of people comparing jeff bezos to lex luther i mean <laughs> it, it is what it is i mean i guess that's but, pretty that's pretty good <laughs> you know, and like and, and i'm even and i'm even thinking about just like the, just like the human character so like someone like thor or like you know yeah, really just it, because Thor's the only one that's not from the world. He's not from Earth. He's from the different planet. Vision. Vision, you know, Vision would Vision would be super popular. Uh, I, I just feel like Vision would be like, he, like everybody would love Vision. I think I, so? I, I, I feel like, I mean, it, I mean, it all depends, because it's like Vision was kind of like, he, he kind of secluded himself. He wasn't like out there like Tony was or anything like that, but like he was there. Like he was, he was still kind of like he was still like Jarvis. Yeah, he was still Jarvis, so he didn't like go out. But like, if a real vision existed, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like, like the, the sort of alien nature to him might make people kind of weary because he can can he can like go through walls and stuff, right? I think it's fake. Yeah. So I mean, thinking about it now, some, someone like Vision, I, I I feel like the government would really try to keep a hang on, hold on to him. Oh, for like, sure. Like they would definitely be, they'd be running all the tests and trying to reverse engineer a lot of stuff from Vision. Like I can already see that right now. So it probably wouldn't be a good time for Vision. No. <laughs> no, he would not have a good, a, a no, good go. He wouldn't have a good time. Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man would just be Spider-Man because Spider-Man, Spider-Man, no matter what, like he's still gonna be the dude swinging all over the place, stopping crime and stuff, and still be broke. Like that—that's that's. that's I'm, I'm sorry, Spider-Man would Spider-Man in the real world would be Spider-Man. Like that's it. But someone like Tony Stark, yeah, he he he'd definitely be popular. Yeah. You know? Um, Captain America, I think, would um, have yeah. a lot of like veterans on his side. Yes, like that. That's really how it would be. Like, yeah. Like if, like, I would even go as far as say he might get involved in politics to some some degree. Maybe yeah. not, but it's a big stretch. But I wouldn't be surprised if like he. Like even if it's like a local government type of deal, I think see Steve Rogers doing something like that. Yeah, I could see that. Like, uh, that'd be an interesting story too. Like, yeah. a Captain America, like in his forties or fifties. 
Maybe right. like in his going into politics. Mm-hmm. I could I could totally. See. I mean, that's kind of what's happening now. A lot of like celebrities are getting into politics. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So I don't think that'd be that's too far of a stretch whatsoever mm-hmm. for that for that to happen. You, you, we should we should pitch this to to, to Marvel. That that would actually be interesting. What if story? Like, what if Captain America ran for government office? I don't think any comic book has ever covered that. I got a long, and, but I don't think so. Yeah, and then maybe he became like he becomes a little corrupt. He becomes like kind of seduced by, mm-hmm. you know, corporations, and yeah. they kind of get in his pockets a bit, you know. Yeah. And then yeah. someone's got to maybe like Sam Wilson or someone's got to like talk him out of it or co- yeah. help come to his senses or something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be an interesting take. You yeah, know, so- I, I, I like stories like that. I like stories that deal with issues of you know morality and and that's, yeah. i think is really what's at the core of all of these superhero stories across mm-hmm. all different universes um yeah. it's like the morality of people the the duality of, of people mm-hmm. and like what people do when they have certain powers some people are good some people are bad some people kind of ride the line um you know because I think a lot of people when they watch or, you know, watch these stories or they, or they read them, they kind of put themselves in it a little bit, right? Like you want, you kind of put yourself in the the character's shoes. Um, So when it deals with issues of like morality, I think that's why it's so popular because people like kind of like they see what they would do in those situations. They they want to, they want to align with their superhero and what they would do in that, in those situations. So I think that's why it's like so popular right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, just to go one step further, I think that's really why I chose that. I, I chose the superhero genre to tell, you know, to try to tell my story because mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, it is all about that. It's like, what, what, what do you do to like, keep keep your place on top you know like what do you do with all this like power well with all this fame do you just kind of let it go or do you just like give it do you push you know like pass it on to the next generation or do you try to hang on to it for like as long as possible right you know and you would you would hope that your favorite superhero would do the right thing but doesn't always end up that way, you know. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. So that's why, to me, it was you know, it's 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 very interesting. It's a very interesting concept to think about because, you know, a lot of us speculate and say like, you know, this guy is just in real life. I would do this. I would do like. But like, no, think about it. If that character existed in real life, how would you handle that? Mm-hmm. Like, you got to think to yourself, like, if someone like the Hulk really existed. Oh, God. Like, you probably wouldn't want to live where the Hulk is. Like, you, no. you'd, want to, you'd want to move. Like, yeah. you know, um, if you live, I mean, at this point, nobody wants to live in Gotham City, but if you lived in Gotham City, where, you know, you got all these crazy, crazy psychopaths running around, and then you got an equal psychopath in Batman who's going around and breaking people's arms just yeah. because, like, you, you'd be scared to death. 
Yeah. You know. Like if you this is what happens, what happened in Metropolis between Superman and the Kryptonians, you would go to like the Middle East or something like that. Like, yeah, it's safer over here. <laughs> like, like I'm gonna stay over here. I'm, I'm not gonna, going. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going back to Metropolis. I'm staying right here. You know. Yeah. That's so, that's funny. You know, so it's, it's a it's a very interesting question that ask, and I don't know if a lot of people ask themselves that question. It's very interesting. It's a very it's a very interesting what if scenario that you put yourself into. Like, you know, what what superheroes or what comic book characters do you think could exist in the real world? And it's like you got to think of the implications of that, how that would work. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I think like, yeah, subconsciously people think that when they're watching these stories. But, you know, I, I really wanted to like dot like deep dive like more into that stuff and like really mm -hmm. really person think like would they do this would they do the same thing like right because i think a lot of people uh on the surface they believe that they would do the right thing but mm -hmm. what you were saying it's like well until you're in that position like you don't really know what you would do yep mm -hmm. as, a, as a wise man once said with great power comes great responsibility yep <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, rest in peace, Uncle Ben. Again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Um, um. So, um, how far into the book? Um, how far into the book are you? Are you? Um, when, when can people expect it? So, uh, so this is going to be like a three-part series. <laughs> um, and I've completed the first part. And that's set to be out in October. Sweet. Um, this is sort of like the kickoff to me kind of trying to trying to get the word out. Right. Uh, but it, it it'll be released. I believe my release date is October first. I believe it's October. 1st. Um. But yeah. So the the plan is to you know release that. I'm already writing part two. Um. And then hopefully like a few months after that maybe like six months after that, I'll get uh, the second part out. And then, you know, and then the third part out after after that. Um, but I, you know, I've got the whole thing planned. Like I know exactly where I want to end up from part mm -hmm. one, to the from the beginning of part one to the end of part three. Yep. Um, so it's, it's just a matter of, you know, continuing to write it and, and finishing it and polishing it and getting it to like a, a good enough point where I think people will really, really enjoy it. Um, and, uh, I, I also, I recently, um, sent out the, this story for like, um, to like this contest, like the short story contest, mm -hmm. they had like a few thousand submissions or something like that. And they picked 10, 10 winners, like to, you know, out of like the 10 best, I guess. Yeah. And, um, my story was picked out of like one of the 10. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that I'm like really hopeful that people will that's like a good indicator that people will enjoy it which is which really you know as a writer is, is really what I care about the most I, I just I really want people to enjoy the stuff that I write and if they do that just gives me like way more motivation to just keep keep writing and keep writing stories like this you know right yeah 
Well, I look forward to it. Um, when it comes out, I'm definitely going to buy my copy because <laughs> Thank it, you. It, it, it definitely sounds like an interesting story to read. Um, and like I said, I don't think a lot of comic book um, companies have really tackled that, you know, that subject of an older superhero partner with a young superhero and there is a culture shock for both, kind of. Right. You know, so I, yeah. I, I, I'm definitely going to get my copy. <laughs> no, thank you. I, I, uh, I really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I think, I think um, well, I, I hope that it will strike a chord with uh, readers today um, just because it's, it's really, really uh, relevant, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because I think most people would agree that there is kind of like a generational gap. You know, not, not, not to say that it's a bad thing. It's just a thing that just exists, you know? Yeah. Um, there's, there's just a, a gap, you know, it's just, it's like an age thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, very prevalent right now with the rise of uh, like technology and, and social media. Yeah. Um, so it, I think it like furthers that gap. Um, so I, my hope is that this the story will really, um, really resonate with people. Um, and can I, can I plug my website where people can- Absolutely, like, I was just getting ready to ask you, where can people find you? Yeah, uh, so you can find me on uh, my website, which is just my full name, Eric Loesch. So www.ericlosh.com. And you can find my book is there and uh, that other short story that I, told you about earlier, uh, the dark comedy one that's up there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you subscribe, um, to my email list, um, through my website, uh, I, uh, I will send you like, uh, you, you get a free book. If you sign up for my, uh, for my email list, you'll get a free copy of my published book, the tower of blue. You'll get like a, an ebook version of it. Nice. Um, yeah, and uh, and if you stick around, then you'll know when I come out with new content like this story, and um, and the story I don't even think I told the I mentioned the name of the story, uh, but it's called the Night Howler. That's the name of the short story that'll be coming out. Cool. All right, perfect. So you heard it, folks. That's where you can find him at. Um, all of this will be in the description box below, so you can check him out. Um, I look forward to the book and I'm going to check out a lot of your other, um, books too. And, um, thank you again for coming out to the show, man. This was great. Yeah, this was a, a lot of fun. I really, really, really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. And, um, I'm very grateful for you for having me on and just chatting with me and giving me, giving me an hour on your platform. Yes. Just um, to- more than likely when, um, when the book comes out, I'll probably have you back on here and we could talk about it. Yeah, that would be, I would love that. That would, yeah. that would be awesome. Maybe so we could that. talk about like, you know, if, you know, once you've read it, we can, if you want to like, we could talk about that and maybe like speculate on the future. Like I, I would, I would love to hear like your, your thoughts on it. Definitely. We'll definitely do that then. Absolutely. Awesome. Sounds great, man. Sounds like a plan. All right. So everyone, I want to thank you guys for listening in. Again, everything for Eric is in the description box so you can follow him. Um, so um, join the subscriber list. I just did. 
So, um, and then when the book comes out, we're going to talk about that next, on the next, next time in the near future. All right. So we're out.